have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? And how do I make money off my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Anchor was my starting point to launching the L Duval experience. So if you wanted to start your own podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in this diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios. Welcome everyone to the Lewis Duvall Experience. I am so delighted that you chose to be a part of this experience with me. You could have spent your time doing anything, but you chose to spend it right here with me. I am your gracious host, Louis Duvall, and I am not just excited, I am super nerded out excited for my special guest today. So let's just jump right into it, shall we? My guest, she is the first Afro-Latina gaming and recording artist who signed with a major record label, Lost Rings, which is part of Sony Columbia Records with her hit single, Game You, and it is absolutely fire. She is what I call a Bob's a Black-owned business supporter. And anything that you see on her social media, she's 100% all about her support for Black-owned businesses. Podcaster, brand partner with Queens Gaming Collective, social media influencer, an agent, a philanthropist, an amazing mother, and human rights activist. And that's just a small portion of what she has in her arsenal. She is what I would consider the most highly respected artist in the entertainment world. And best of all, she is a fellow blurred for all things sci-fi. Ladies and gentlemen and fellow listeners, it is my pleasure to present to you, Bunny, AKA Bunny Mike Game You. What's good, Bunny? Everybody, what's happening? Question for you: Where are you right now on planet Earth? Oh, I'm in Texas right now. Right now, right now, I am in the United States. I'm in Texas, and I'm glad that I'm in Texas because it's nice and warm. It's not too hot, but it's just warm enough for me to be able to hang out, go to my balcony, have a nice little spliff if I need a spliff, a little <laughs> fresh air, and um, very nice out here. Where are you? I am in Philadelphia, where it is not it, the, the sun shine. The sun is shining, and it is lying because you walk outside, and it is twenty two degrees outside. But they said it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It That's is what sunny. Danny DeVito said. <laughs> Penguin told me that. You know what's crazy is that um, I remember driving past and seeing like a whole bunch of um, you know cats on set moving stuff around on a huge truck. 
And I'm Ooh. like, you know, being the dude that I am with, in the film business, I'm like poking my head like, hey, what's going on? And I just so happened to run into the producer of It's, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And they were filming like in the neighborhood or whatever. And I'm like, yo, I'll be right back to get a business card. And tell you, it, it was the most exhilarating experience to, to bump into the producer, one, but to know that they were like filming literally like down the street from where I was at. So little known fact. So connectivity, it's coming together. So they say <laughs> they from Philly, they filming in Philly. It's all Philly, Philly, Philly. It's all, have you been? <laughs> Tell me you've been to Philly at least once. Yeah, I have. I love Philly. I have family in Philly. Do you? Oddly enough, yeah. Oddly enough, um, though I do have family in Philly, my times in Philly have been for work. And I feel uh... like the very last time I was in Philly was before the panini <laughs> right, right prior to the prior prior to the panorama panorama <laughs> um i was in philly to to meet up with the party nerds um shout out to the party nerds live they definitely are in the world of blurred dub and geek dumb uh, a great group of gentlemen and ladies uh, and sometimes why? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we can't we can't yes. just say ladies and right. gentlemen no more. We gotta ex we can't um, exclude nobody ever. And so um, definitely they're a great bunch, super inclusive, and um, they had me go over there to help them do the Stuber premiere um, mm. film. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's I really have. funny, yeah. And um, I, that was the last time I was in Philly, and I took a bus no which one yes which one the mega bus <laughs> i knew it was either bolt is either bolt or mega bus one of the two yeah. i i have some stories about the mega bus man those jokers good what price. are your mega bus stories uh i only, what did you do uh, lewis that is so off air <laughs> that's for after hours Oh, oh. <laughs> that's the after hours uh lewis duvall experience no it wasn't ah! it, was, it wasn't that bad but I, I was i'll tell you the um the one experience that i did have was my very very first experience because uh, i was traveling to new york and i got tired of doing the my traveling was going to 30th street station all the way to trenton then trenton all the way to penn station it was just like oh, a, wow, a plane a yeah a plane train and an automobile just to get to penn station and i'm like there's got to be easier way and then like tw five seven bucks from megabus i was like i think everything that has to do with philly has to do with danny's veto <laughs> <laughs> period plane train audible everything it, i tell you it's penguin up and down philly baby <sighs> Well, you got to come back. And, and the fact that you only have been here for work, that means that you have not had the, the actual real-life cheesesteak. Well, that's actually, you know what? That's kind of a lie. Which one did you have I remember now? one time I went to this place, and if I'm not mistaken, it was like, it was not far from where the, the this was like the, the, this wasn't the last time I've been to, to Philly, but I did go for the On the Run okay. tour. The first On the Run with okay. J and B. And I remember we were in Philly and had a cheesesteak by the bus stop, but I hadn't taken the bus there. I drove there that time. Okay. 
and it was by like Rainbow. That's 30th Street Station. That is not, okay. That is that there is was not a, the place. That's not where we're that, supposed to go. That's not where yeah. we're supposed to go. No. And then wait, no, no, something with an L. Larry's. No, no, no shit. <laughs> well, it'll come to me eventually. But I, I do know that we went and we searched an actual place that's like really good for it. And I'm not sure if we went or not because you know I smoke pot. And <laughs> I might have forgotten, and Danny DeVito wasn't there. No penguin there. No penguin. Um, so I can't remember, but I remember it being like really, really good cheesesteak, among other things. Uh huh. Well, the one place that everybody does go is Gino's. They go there because that's like the, oh, Belvedere DeVoe yeah. and fucking Boyz II Men. Yeah. I'm showing my age. No, we're both showing our age, but that's where normally people go. And that's traditionally like, yeah, that's just if you want to go and get it to say that you got something from Geno's and took pictures and, you know, put it on the gram. But that's not where you go because where you got to go is like it's in the hood. Yeah. And when you go to the hood, you know, you got to you get that temperature check. You might not make it. You might (laughs) not. You might not make it. (laughs) Danny DeVito. So, as we always start the show off, we start the show off what we call the humble beginnings. And um, mm-hmm. the humble beginnings question starts off with, uh, where are you actually from? Well, my parents were born and raised in the Dominican Republic. My dad was born and raised a little differently from my mom in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. My father's father was what I like to call a very, a shock and awe ally. My father's father decided that he would go against the grain and piss everybody off, you know, all of his, his, ancestry off by marrying whoever the fuck he wanted instead of whoever Mm. they chose that he should marry and um as a european descendant he decided he would marry uh indigenous woman and take up a indigenous woman as his because back then you could have second and third wives if you if if your if your lineage and your nobility and your paper was long enough right. you know you can marry as whoever you wanted and take up as many side wives as possible okay and so my blue-eyed blonde-haired father's father decided that he would take up a wife who was of Haitian Dominican descent and a side wife of native, you know, Taino, Arawaki descent. And so that is my father's lineage. My father was raised being able to speak English just as well as he spoke his Spanish and his Creole. There you know, Get out he, of here. Can you, yeah, speak, he you, got, can, you can speak Creole? The funny thing is my father's stepmother, which is actually his father's real wife, (laughs) (laughs) um, would speak Creole to us all the time. And so I can understand and communicate. I just cannot 
write it. I cannot read it. I cannot decipher it the way that I can English and Spanish. But it was, in fact, such a great part of my upbringing that um, all of my closest family members are very comfortable communicating with members of family that speak Creole. I had... I had a very fortunate uh, opportunity to meet a young lady who is who uh, who's Creole and mm-hmm. taught me the alphabet, and that is about as far as my extensiveness in knowing, knowing Creole. <laughs> it's just the it's just the alphabet, and it it, it and it's not good too because this only goes up to like the letter G. After that, it's like it's hazy. It's like ah, Ache. <laughs> <laughs> she did yo she did the alphabet we were like 12 times she's like you're gonna learn the alphabet i'm like ache is actually after uh, yeah, so, so that, that right would be j so that would be j ache would be j no ache is h <laughs> See, there you go nah, i'm already off <laughs> yeah but you're, you're it's right before j i mean and then my mother uh was raised born and born and raised between the dominican republic and new york um, because I was, you know, I'm not from Texas. I just, I, I'm out here now. But right. my mother was born and raised to, you know, a, a very military background, um, noble, proper family that really had more of name and title than they did of money. And so it afforded her to be able to come at about nine years old to the United States because of the title and what that meant living um, in the capital and being from the capital. My dad's not from the capital. He's from close to the Dominican Republic's uh, border with Haiti, you know, over by the country. Little country, got you crazy. Uh... but it's cool was your household very musical i would like to say it was it was um i grew up with every type of of music we grew up with creole music we grew up with dominican music which a lot of people don't realize derives from african music and indigenous music and Spaniard and French all mixed in one and it's um it's very interesting because a lot of my mother's influence comes from her descendants um she's got a lot of Spaniard Moorish Mm. influence and so we listened to Arabic music growing up we listened to a lot of of what people call and I can use this because I actually have, you know, ancestry that's gypsy. Um, but it's actually a derogatory word. It's like, you know, I can't I can't expect for my white homegirls to be able to say nigga music because <laughs> they're not gonna say that. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, no, gypsy music and and jazz and salsa and just show tunes even. We were completely amazed and and taken in by music that came from the Rodgers and Hammerstein productions. And we also listened to music that came from, you know, games like Streets of Rage, you know, and, you know, more, more later on music like hip hop. And, you know, that wasn't something that my parents would play in the house growing up, but we were strongly influenced by every type of music, including 
contemporary music. But right. my dad was addicted to Bob Marley. And so we grew up listening to rebel music and show tunes. <laughs> and that's that's so amazing because my upbringing was uh is, was jazz gospel mostly jazz um Ooh, really was, yeah there's um my my aunt who is um she she passed i would say about two two and a half years ago uh but when the girl group you know when the girl groups was out like out out back in the day um, like your Supremes and other girl mm -hmm. groups that were just formulating. She was one of those New York sounds that was emerging and had mm -hmm. a three girl, it was a three girl group band that mm -hmm. she formulated. And unfortunately, because it didn't take off because she was young, mm -hmm. um, but it was highly, she was Bob Swing, uh, classic gospel. Uh, she did a record and I'm like, totally like out of this planet amazed by the fact that there is an album but it's very you know information about the album is so limited because the the, the um the studio house is gone uh i don't uh. know if it's still with columbia or something which is crazy because that's what i was gonna you know peep to you like my aunt was a recording artist back in the day with columbia and it was Ooh. it was very it, it was surreal when you know that these are like you know bits and pieces so six degrees of separation but yeah it was mm -hmm. it was highly i love jazz that was that was my thing i i was able to get more from that sound because that was my mother was huge on jazz my mother was a big fan of when it when it was coltrane mm -hmm. both coltrane and his wife um <laughs> <laughs> right um right. and 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 everything that from from jazz to to scat music, not to be confused with scat visuals, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she would really dive into smooth jazz when the seventies and eighties introduced a more relaxed version of jazz. Um, so she was into anything from Nina to the Coltrane's, and then moving forward into contemporary smooth jazz, she was addicted to Basha. I'm mm. not sure if you know who I, Basha was. I, 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 it wasn't in the household, but it was in the apartment complex back in New York. Yes, yeah. so it's a lot of like contemporary. She loves Sade. I was actually playing quite a lot of Sade in the past couple of days doing my spring cleaning as listen, you know now we're in spring. Listen, Sade. So happy spring. Yes, happy spring. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mm. Clean out and clean house is such an vital, such a vital component to the mental cleaning uh, mm -hmm. of your mind. So it, it, I, I thoroughly, one hundred percent agree to that. Um, mm -hmm. We have kindred spirits, then, so we're both music, <laughs> extremely awesome music lovers. Um, mm -hmm. I so you grew up in New York. Yeah, born in New York, grew up in New York, left for the Panini. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and as as well you should have, because people were dropping left and right, which is astronomical, but um, mm -hmm. glad that you got out of there when, you know, when the time was necessary to roll. Um, but real quick, what was, uh, you know, Oprah has what's called um, an aha moment. I call it a, a come to Jesus or God wink moment. And mm -hmm. it's one of those moments where you realize what you got to do, why you're purposed and why were you sent here 
and, and your meaning and your calling for, you know, for you being the conduit or vessel for your gift. And when you realize it, not too many people, they just go to work, do they, you know, do they nine to five and enroll and never really come to that realization of what their purpose here. When was your aha moment? Hmm. I've had quite a bit. Um, in terms of my career, the way as it stands today, yeah. I've had quite a bit of aha moments, but I'll share, I guess, my first aha moment was when I had to record Game You. And um, I had been recording quite a few tracks. And as you know, major record labels, they're not the creatives. They are in the departments. They are the ones with the accolades and the diplomas mm -hmm. hanging behind them at their, you know, cubicle or at their desk area. Mm -hmm. Or if they don't have a wall behind them, just, you know, their diplomas and accolades sitting at top at the top of their desks. Mm -hmm. And um, I was submitting track after track to the beat packs that I would be sent. And, you know, never mind the fact that the nature of my being approached by Columbia, I never approached the record label. They approached me. What? Um, yeah. Um, after that submission, after submission dynamic, um, they, they decided they wanted to go with Game You, right? And so they liked the sample. And I was just like, okay, I, I get it. You guys I love the song. Easy the peasy. I love Thank the, you. I love the song. I was rocking it. I was like, why can't I have three minutes of this thing? I want, I want the extended, I wanted the extended cut. That was, that was actually, that was the aha moment because they, they said, you know, within the numbers, Bunny, you know, because it's all numbers. Right, it's all over numbers. there. Within the, you know, as long as it's over one minute and 51 seconds, you are, you're good within the recording academy and all of these different requirements. But they didn't want me to stray too far over one minute and 51 seconds or so. Mm because they wanted for the public to be bitten, smitten, and infected. Right. They wanted people to want more. And right. sorry out there, you know, panorama, now with the, the language, it's like, damn, infected. Oh, God. You know, and so they wanted for it to be a track that would be a debut track that would lure mm -hmm. the public into wanting to get to know more about the dynamics over at Lost Rings and what we were doing at Columbia with Lost Rings with myself, Black Crystal, and Sunzi Bay. And so my aha moment to answer you was when I had submitted it and then they sent me over to the studio. I was at the studio on Times Square. Mm -hmm where I I was born and raised, you know, in New York. So Times Square doesn't quite affect me the way that it affects the tourist okay. or the person who appreciates it for what it is, not for it just being a stop on the subway, right? Right, right. Um, or a place where the traffic gets packed and you just don't want to deal with the people traffic on the sidewalks or the car traffic on the roadways. Right. Right. And so I remember getting to the studio and when I got out of the Uber that the label provided, I realized I was at quad studios, the studio where Tupac was shot at. Wow. Not killed, but attempted to kill him and right. the studio where Biggie 
would sometimes frequent. And while I am showing my age here, um, in middle school and, you know, for the for the better part of, of sixth grade and seventh grade, I believed that I would be, a, you know, a part of that before I ever knew that they were going to, to murder both Tupac and wow. Biggie for things that, you know, were not even going to be really spoken about until the 2000s. Um, I remember getting to the studio and not really getting access immediately because the intercom system wasn't functioning and they no longer had a lobby man, like a bellman. And so I was in the vestibule deciding not to be frustrated and saying, pay attention, something's important right right now. And then I thought, oh, wow. This says quad. I'm at quad studios. And when I got upstairs, I remember my very first studio session at quad studios was at their smallest studio. And I was at their little mini side studio room. And it was the smallest closet of a studio. It it had the amenities, but it was like literally just the bare brass, like just smallest studio and still being super duper appreciative and saying, wow, you know, I, I was saying aha to myself in the booth, you know, cause you gotta have a poker face. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in between working with Nick, my, my engineer over at quad shouts to quad studios. Um, and, and having a photographer for behind the scenes work, you know, just for assets, visual assets right. for, the, for the label for lost ratings at Columbia. And in between talking to my engineer and talking to Kivan, shot by Key, shout out to Key. Shout out. Um, we were talking and it hit me like I'm where I said I would be. And Tupac didn't make it and Biggie mm-hmm. didn't make it, but here I am. And while I was recording a track that was nowhere near what I sought, reflected my talent and my integrity within the space of hip hop music, I still said to myself, wow, I never would tell people verbally that this is where I wanted to be. Right. But it was in my heart and had stayed in my heart. And, you know, the greatest creator, the most high creator, the creator of all creators decided to place me here despite who had been here and not made it to that day in the 2000s, you know? That's crazy. And it was really dope. That was like my first aha moment where I was just like, even if you don't speak on it, you guys listening out there to the Duvall experience, you guys, even if you don't speak on it, your creator knows what you are here for because your creator created you. And if it's in your heart and it's heavy in your heart, and you're carrying it for so long, whether you tell people it's a goal or not, whether you choose not to tell people because, you know, you got to make money and you got to pay the bills and it's a creative mm-hmm. thing and it's get a real job, right. be a real mom, right. be a real dad. <laughs> but I want the audience, you guys out there at the Duvall Experience listeners, if it's heavy in your heart, you're going to be you're going to get there regardless the question is when you get there are you going to be grateful and are you going to squander it or not mm. so that was my aha moment and i decided that every ounce of that session would you know i would give everything that i had 
to create something that would I would be proud of, despite the fact that it was probably on the lowest creative scale um, of submissions that I had made to the label. You know, I said I was going to make sure that if this if it's going to be a popcorn track, you know, a popcorn hip hop track. I was going to give it my best because people that I'd looked up to that had sparked my interest right. in being in in the realm of hip hop didn't make it this far. It is far from popcorn. I mean, <laughs> I I was there was one day it was very fortunate where the 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 weather was cooperating and it was the day before it was like 19 and then that day it was like 60 and so I'm like, you know, I'm rolling down the windows and I'm, you know, I'm kicking up the, you know, the kicking up my radio all the way up to like 25. And I said, you know what? I've heard her stuff. Let me rehear it and really, really rehear it. But in my car, because everything was like either in my, you know, either in, in my own studio or on the computer, you know, or on the phone. I said, my, my best sounds come from the vehicle. So let me go and just pump that. And I turned that bad boy on and I'm like, yo, so there's nothing better than driving in the streets of Philadelphia and you have your thing all the way up to like 39, 40 and you're <laughs> rocking game you and you got people, you know, looking in the corner like, why is he jamming like that? I'm like, this is beyond dope fire that I'm listening to, and, you know, or or it's that, you know, you, you got that really hard bopping in your neck because, you know, you, you, you don't know the lyrics, but you love the beat or you love, you know, you love the melody, you know, love the sound of it. So that was me all we driving from West Philadelphia, driving out to Jersey. It was rocking that one minute piece. And I'm like, I need the, I needed the Zack Snyder's uh, extended version cut of yeah. her, of her, of her single. And right. that is, and that is the single. So that's not like the full, el that's, that's not the full album. I mean, is it, cause I only saw like three, uh, no, it was five. I think it was like five tracks. Right. It's a it's a mixtape. Right. And so what Columbia decided to do with Lost Rings um, and the three of us is just to introduce the world to women of color that are streaming, gaming and recording amazing content for the blurred audience and introduce us to the world. Right. right. And so within the scope of the mixtape, it was to give you a small dose and get you hooked. It and has. I feel like it worked. It has. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a cat that listens to a lot of this, what I would consider new age songs or new age music. It's just, you know, I'm an old school, I'm sure my age. Rocking your mm -hmm. stuff, I'm like, yeah, I can see myself rocking this. I can see this in the club. I can hear this, you know, jamming. Yeah, but, you know, you mentioned something. You said that you are, um, that they were targeting musicians or recording artists and gamers. So I'm going to take you back. So this is going to mm -hmm. show your age and probably going to show mine a little bit more, too. When do you remember, <laughs> as I think about it, do you remember your very first video game console and or game? And yeah. did you beat the game, whatever that game was? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, now, the first console that I was able to game on was Atari. It was not mine. It was my cousin. Which one? And Which Atari? To be honest with you, whichever version was out latest. That was, oh, that was a, either the, okay, so... We got to, I, the, oh, that, that would, that, I would, I would need a year. 
So like 80... it would be the eighty one console for Atari, the the eighty one Atari. Forty eight. I'm thinking forty eight hundred. Twenty six right. or forty eight hundred. One of that those sounds two. like it. No, it sounds like forty eight. Forty eight hundred. Um, and that wasn't my console. It was mainly because I'd only been able to game when I would go to a, an arcade with my cousins. And so um, it was either gaming at the arcade or gaming, you know, you know, playing Frogger and, and all of the, the games that my mom would approve of. <laughs> <laughs> this is Pac-Man. This Pac-Man. is Pac-Man. Okay. You know, um, Frogger and, and things of that nature in that realm. Um, and then uh, my first console that was mine my own we had to share in the house because we weren't we we wasn't that we wasn't popping like that uh-huh, uh-huh. we had an nes no way and so, okay yeah the old school and not the super nintendo no the, the real nintendo i still have my duck hunt gun. you got the duck hunt <laughs> i still have my duck hunt gun we ride at midnight bitches yo and clickety clack um my first game that i completely beat was the first super mario and it it was a bundle you if you got the um the the bundle with super mario you got duck hunt right as well right and right. that's yeah my dad definitely wanted us to be able to be entertained at home and my mom wasn't was very religious my dad was very militant and so there, somewhere in in between military and religion um we grew up gaming because it allowed for us to have a babysitter Mm, and not be outside with the wicked men that touch the girls sorry for you know any triggers out there no it was (laughs) it was crazy out in in that time frame they were either snatching kids or they were uh luring kids you know hey you want this little organ harvesting Yeah, yeah in new york there was a lot of children that would be disappearing particularly children of color like myself that would have been abducted for the for the purpose of organ harvesting and my parents were very adamant about teaching me that and so my my gaming experience came alive because we were three girls growing up in new york city during you know david dinkins and and ed koch and and all of the the craziness of having eight to ten bodies wash up on the hudson river you know weekly and so for us the the nintendo entertainment system and then later on we got the super nintendo entertainment system were our first two consoles that we owned and were also our first babysitters because my mother couldn't afford a babysitter (laughs) uh quick history my uh first introduction to uh the late david dinkins uh was through my grandmother uh, oh. he she was in her car i was in the back seat i was like i had to be like f- five or six or something and uh i'm in the back seat you know i'm with whatever toy or whatever and some dude just you know just pop pops to the window and he looked familiar because you know tv was the thing and mm-hmm. she and him is just like chopping it up like, like rapping you know like mm-hmm. she got out of the car she gave him a hug you know this, that, and I'm like, you know, I, I tap my grandma, say, uh, grandma, who's that? She said, oh, that's, that's our mayor. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
And I went back and told my mother, I was like, mom, you know, do you know that grandma knows the mayor? She said, she said, son, your grandmother knows every damn body. I was like, oh, oh she knows uh, everybody. Oh, okay. Later, later on, years later, I've come to find out that she was um, a very notif- notable figure uh, in not only in entertainment world, but also in radio. She was one of the very first African American women. To, wow! Um, yeah, to to really grace the the um, the airwaves, um, and the wow. studio at that time was I think it was called W O V. Now I, to this day I don't know where it, I know it's not in existence, but um, I'm thinking it's like maybe it's CBS affiliate at that time. I don't Ooh. remember. Yeah, but I have a portrait picture of her with another personality and it's you know it's them too and she's you know standing in the picture is legendary one of these days you know what i'm gonna text it to you so you can see it you know and you could check it out but what i had no i had no idea of her background i was like i was amazed by it uh but like you my 4800 i had um i had a 7200 and that broke and i hadn't had a console since Super, since the uh, the the regular Nintendo system, you serious that ass? Yeah, I didn't have nothing from like it broke and I had bad grades. My mother was like, "You ain't get nothing. <laughs> Pull your grades up." They put you on a drought, buddy. They put me. They put me on that, yo. It was. I mean, it, for for good reason, you know. You just can't come home with D's or whatever and think that you can like you know skate around. My my household was not that kind of household where you could just skate by. Listen, um, my mom, she's a Jehovah's Witness. My dad, Marine Corps veteran. So your household, me household. Me casa, su casa. <laughs> Talk about hard, yo. So yeah, but it was, I, uh, I know that bundle, that duck hunt, uh, but they wouldn't let me get the gun because, you know. It's a gun, God yeah. forbid. Oh, yeah. no. And, then, and it, it makes, it's for good measure because when you think about the, the the world, the way it has been shaped, it's like, I don't want to get my son a gun. My son's a man of color in the future. And God forbid, he's playing with the gun and they decide to use that as a, I was afraid for my life. Right, right, right. Nah. It's, a, it's a fear-based disciplinary decision and even as an actor i know that it's important to you know be in the moment try to put yourself in the imagination state if you have to play a character that you know carries a firearm but in real life that ain't me you know that's like i'm furthest from that that's i'm like no no, guns is no bueno and I remember when uh, when my son was growing up and there was some talk about him having a gun t- as a toy. I'm like, oh, hell no. He will never have a toy gun of any caliber. Oh, you know, cowboys and Indians. I'm like, nah, we ain't playing that stupid game. No, we're not doing that. So that is a hilarity of knowing that we have a kindred spirit <laughs> when it comes to our, our background and growing up. Um, and you beat the super. So what do you get? What are you gaming on now? I'm a I'm a PSN girl. I am a bona fide PlayStation girl. I've been on PlayStation since the OG PlayStation. Um, OG and I am PlayStation on PlayStation in the head. Yes, sir. So I'm on the five. <laughs> I'm on the five. Um, I have a PS5. 
Um, my my PS5 is the version that takes digital and the actual discs. So um, there's two different types of PS5s. I'm not sure if the the audience wants to hear the boredom. No, of, no, of what no. I love. This is this is no. We hey, get it, give it, <laughs> give it, give it. But what I love. Give it. <laughs> yeah, get into it. Um, so what I love about the PS5 is you can you have that choice. I've always loved that about PlayStation. Um, Sony Interactive is one of the most forward thinking if not the most forward thinking of the console, um, you know, console developers. Um, aside from Switch, mm-hmm. it's the most future, you know, future-minded, you know, in- implementations that we've had in consoles for a very long time. And um, so I have the PS5 that's, you know, digital and actual disc. And I love that about it. Um, I love having actual physical copies of things, and that that's yes. that it warrants this ownership, and the ego is definitely involved. But <laughs> I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with acknowledging that my ego is is something I balance with, you know, balancing out. <laughs> I also have a PS Pro, which is you know when when the four came out, okay, they had magnified on certain nuances it's just you know more for frames per second okay, okay a little more clarity but between the ps4 and the ps pro you see a few changes but you have more memory okay but don't think you don't need a fucking extra hard drive i still needed my four terabytes i like huge games i'm an rpg girl oh okay. hence the reason why i'm heavy on PlayStation games because it's very there's a lot of of, of fanfare and I find that the RPGs on PlayStation are more my style. Okay, I am addicted to yes. Oh, get into I, it. I, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm I'm on it, girl. Go ahead. Tell me, <laughs> t- give it, give it. I'm addicted to you know, and and it's of course it's it's a selfish egotistical blur, but I'm addicted to women as the protagonist in the video games. And I am quite afflicted by redhead protagonist women. Um, So Aloy of Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, Meryl fucking Metal Gear. You know, it's it's, from back to Lara Croft. Right, okay, Um, okay, okay. And then you can spin it around to the most recent um, to, to... to control by Remedy. Um, Remedy is a software company that, that developed the game Control, and the director of of this Federal Bureau of like um, it's kind of like I don't know if anybody out there in the Deval Experience audience hasn't played Control yet. It's a it's it's the feds for really weird paranormal activity and um so jesse mcfadden um she is the director of the bureau that handles that she's like that boss and the boss before her kind of went missing and it's all paranormal and very fucking scary but she's so courageous it's something about redheads that hollywood doesn't quite embrace but RPGs absolutely do, and mm-hmm. so very eloquently, mm-hmm. that fascinates me. <laughs> and it fascinates me to 
to a point where um, it's kind of shaped my decision-making in terms of RPGs. Um, I hadn't quite been challenged by a redhead protagonist in a video game. Listen. The way that I was challenged it, playing Remedy's um, Control and and during a panorama to boots. <laughs> it was very... <laughs> It, I'm a PlayStation girl, um, and and I'm I think I'll always be. Get out of my head, yo! I am a, I'm a PlayStationer. I am a PlayStationer. I'm a, you better. I'm, a, I'm a fellow player player stationer. Uh, I I've been PlayStation since the you know since the original start of. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> When you knew that the disc was working because you heard that extra like sound effect that comes with it, and if it didn't, it was just dead. It would just like fade off, and then like some other like title or menu would pop up. Man, uh, I'm a, I'm, mm -hmm. but I have the four now. Um, I haven't gone to the five. I was like, you know, just like with well, everything. Take your time with it. Yeah, take your time yeah, yeah, with yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like everything that I've heard so far, it's like you know, it's doing well. But like all first batch of stuff that comes out, you want to wait. And also, even the if there's out. not that much, it's not there's not a lot of kinks. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 was the only kink that you would have even come across. There's not a lot of kinks. What I will say is this. I I hear it's not amazing. a lot of games. It's not a lot of games yet. So really, okay, okay. Just, I mean, there are, but but there's a, there's a Spider-Man joint that's out that that's that like, one is that's the one. Okay, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Do you do um, you like the do you like the Marvel games? Like I think what is like the Avengers ones that they have? Yeah, now? the Avengers game is nice. I like that they don't make their women protagonists super skinny and flimsy the way the MCU does. And so within the scope of the development of the Avengers video game, I am a fan of women who are strong looking like women who are strong. And, you know, that's for the aesthetic purpose. And then the Avengers game itself, I'm very, I'm happy with the way that they were able to blend story with the actual gaming modes. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice, I'm a fan of balance. So it's a, it's a nifty balance that they're able to, to create. And so, yeah, it's, it's, there's definitely, the games that are out are very, they're, they're worth it. I just say, I tell people all the time, don't rush because it's not like you have as many options as with the PS4. And you know what? You said that uh, the MCU, they have these characters that look like they are frail or they're, they're not the representation of what is the real woman. Like mm -hmm. if you was to walk around New York City or if you was to walk around Philly, that's not. So thank God for WandaVision to introduce Tiana Paris because she is far from yes. skinny mini. And it, it's been, you know, some some of the some of the women on there. I'm like, okay, this is no longer the MCU. This is the TCU. This is the thick. This is the thick cinematic universe. Yeah, this, this yeah. ain't the Marvel cinematic universe anymore because they got some thickums. Um, they got thickums, and we say that everybody in the audience, we say that from a place of love and love. not objectification. Uh, no, okay, no, so it, don't come at them. Don't is, come at them. It is all love, but I, <sighs> I, I say that because that's what has that, that's what has been you know derived from it, and it's not like they're, you know, we know what we know what it's about when it comes to certain representation. We don't want characters to look like you know some other person that's not them. It's not identifiable. 
You know, we want people that that actually yeah. actually represents us. And what's crazy is that my first uh, my first interviewer, my first guest that I have from uh, with the show, she was the scroll at the end of uh, the last episode of WandaVision. Oh, she's beautiful. The one that brought her down into the uh, the matinee so, house. Right, into the theater house. Lori Livingston. Yes. She and I, we, I love... we grew up together. Um, she's, we, we went to school together. So, you know, she's like a sister from another mister. But she's, you know, she's my homie. But, yeah. So, I'm so, shouts to you, Lori. We love you. You did such a great job. And you are a beautiful scroll. Like, Listen. I am so eager to see more of you, Laurie. You need to listen. You need to be in this. Look, I, I'm putting it out there. I want to. I want to throw it out there because we all need to eat and we all need MCU love. But I can see yeah. certain characters, like certain friends of mine, that I see. I'm like, you know what? You would be a beautiful this, or you would be an awesome that. You know. And there's some people that don't look good as aliens. They just don't. Oh, right. But when I first, when I, when I realized that she was in Captain Marvel, and when I realized that she was, you know, when I saw the ep- the last episode, like every, like everyone else saw, I'm like, that is one damn good looking scroll. I don't know, but you know, she, it, yeah, that that's the, one the, damn her, good yeah, one, good looking. She's scroll. got amazing features. <laughs> yeah, they well, did a great job casting Laurie. So shouts to your homegirl Laurie. Hi Laurie, uh, you right. better work that scroll look. Listen, now we need to we we all gonna come back, you know, two years <laughs> from now, and we're all gonna be saying, "Yo, did you see Bun when she was kicking?" You know, <laughs> she was working her thing. Is like, you know, I, I I'm professing it, so it's gonna be out in the universe, but uh. That's that that's that's gonna be something I know. If, uh, speaking of um, Marvel, are, have you been watching or have you caught the la- the latest episode of uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? First of all, I know this is I'm gonna turn into the Marvel show in a minute, but <laughs> I, I'm, all, I'm nerding out with you, so I got to do it. <laughs> what we're not gonna do is act like like the trigger on the credit. Dec- decline, like declining his credit. Like, yeah, you ain't had a job in the last five years. Was, what are you <laughs> the last five years, but well, but we need, we need more, we need more, like more credentials, more qualifications. Like, bro, how crazy I'm a whole was that? Savior of the whole entire right. universe, not just like that's my credit. Like, fuck you, mean right? F Y M. Fuck you, mean. And sorry out there for the Duval experience no, listeners hey, who are know. on speaker. They Don't know. lose your job they because know. it's fucked. Because <laughs> I ain't got that credit. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm right? the like Sam. <laughs> but how crazy was that? That they, but you know how real. It was like, I'm, I thought to myself, I'm like, it's it, that's more of a credible and real life situation. They needed it. We needed. We needed. It. That. We all needed it. So you're digging There's it. There's so much to unpack there. I'm digging it. I am looking forward to talking about it on Clubhouse with so the world of such a marvel and yes. the rest of our friends. Yes. Um, because of what I can see. And I, I if you haven't watched it already, Deval Experience listeners, then you're not as sweaty the way that Lewis and I are. Oh, but, my um, god! I won't spoil it. What I will say is this. You'd be surprised at what they could unpack after the blip in terms of what Sam is going through Mm -hmm. at the same time as the world public, the Mm -hmm. American public mainly, but the the entire world public of, of POC, you know, after this hijacked BLM Soros situation Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and just fighting as much as you can to make the world a better place and then still having to be bound by its 
you know, it's, it's fuck shit. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I, I will also throw this out there, and this is probably something we want to talk about later on today when we get on, on Clubhouse, is um, the end credits itself, like the animation. There's a oh, lot, yes. there's a lot that's in there that people may not be aware of, but I'm like, oh, this is about to get real real deep. It's all going to be It's going to be so deep in this joint. Now, keeping on the uh, on the superhero theme, have you seen Zack Snyder's Justice League? And if you have, what have been I saw thoughts? part one and two and then paused it at the beginning of part three. So for okay. the audience, okay. there are four parts, I believe. Is it four or five there's, parts? I'm there's not like, sure. There's five or six. Total. Okay, so five or six. Yeah, so there's part it. one, two, three, four, five, or six. And so I paused at part three. Um, so that I can be able to get a little bit of sleep and do a few things because I run a household. And I was like, honestly, if I could describe it, I, listen, <laughs> I didn't like Justice League when it came out. No one they, did, but hey. Nobody did. <laughs> nobody but did. if I'm going to watch Justice League and, and, and watch it in my house, right, on right. HBO Max, shouts to you, HBO Max, you Shout did out. it, you yep. did it, Joe. Um, <laughs> I don't mind having to watch it at home and being able to pause it and then go back and get into it, right? And dive deep. I'm a fan of the way that they presented Affleck's Batman. Mm, okay. With a little less, uh, a little less of the impunity and, you know, just... Because before it was like, why did you say that name? Like, there's just, there's so much more depth, depth, enunciate bunny. There's so much more depth to part one and two and three of the Snyder Cut than I've ever seen in Ben Affleck's Batman prior to. And I like that they decided to have him do a less is more dynamic. Mm. Um, His back and forth with, you know, uh, Gal Gadot, his back and forth with, was that Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd. AKA and Back to the Future, Doc. Where, 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 Doc where, Brown what's, what's as his um, Alfred. No, that's, uh, you're, you're, you would you're, know, that, you that, would know exactly that, who's. You're, you're, you're almost there. So go back to Disney, go back to the Lion mm-hmm. King, and <gasps> think of the villain, Scar. Scar. Jeremy Lyons. That's Scar. Jer- oh, Jeremy Lyons. Jer- okay, Jer- so that's Jer- where that's Jeremy where Irons. I feel. Yes, that's Jeremy the, Irons. Yes. Jeremy Irons is amazing. He is With amazing his guy. dynamic, I love that he's not a bitch made Alfred. You know, I was looking forward to seeing an Alfred that was didn't have to lend that tone of. I can talk to him how I feel like talking to him because I'm Alfred, right. which is what we get in Dark Knight, um, which I, I can't remember the name of the actor. He's also been in Miss Congeniality. Michael Caine, yes. Michael Caine, yeah. thank you. And so within the scope of his range, he's, he did a myriad of roles, and he did a great job with, you know, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Returns and all of these, you know, the, 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 the supporting verse. role. Yeah. With um with those Dark Knight uh, themed DCUs, but with this Jeremy Irons, we got a even deeper. I could talk to you how I talk to you because I'm Alfred, right, bitch. Like right. fuck out of here, I raise you. <laughs> and I am a fan of that 
aesthetic because it reminds me of, you know, Batman Beyond. It reminds me of just like the the way that it feels when this is it. This is the end. This is the, it's always the end. It's always life or death. And if it's always going to be life or death, we don't have time to be cute and coochie coo. I'm Alfred, bitch. Like, no, that's right. You know, I know that's right. <laughs> for, for those of you in the Duvall experience uh, audience who haven't watched it, if for any reason, if you're if you're if you're disdain for the DCU cuts deep, if even just for the the I'm Alfred bitch nuances, um, <laughs> that's a definitely shirt. watch it. That's Jeremy a shirt. Irons, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm Alfred bitch. I'm Alfred bitch. I think you know what that that derived from uh, that derived from um, X Men's uh, the Juggernaut. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Bitch, exactly. That's the hilarious. Juggernaut. You I know love the Juggernaut. He's so he's so like. We can, Such fucking juicy character. It's it, it, <laughs> ooey gooey juicy character. You know, so sick. That that's something I want to ask you. Um, two things. One, if you had someone to work with, because I can see you doing some films now. I know it's Thank in the future. You. It's in the future. Um, Thank you. I wouldn't say pick or choose between Marvel or DC, even Star Wars for that matter. And you know, that's a whole oh. nother, that's a whole nother. Pile you, that's you a whole other. That's, yeah. that's a whole other envelope to unravel. But yeah. in your future, if you if you said, you know what, let me step out into the into that world, into that realm. Uh, what would be like your ultimate, like, yo, motherfucking, I'm in, I'm in, blah blah blah, franchise. You know what would be like the the creme de la creme of your you know what I'm saying if you would work yeah. if you could work There's I'm quite so you know. many um I would have to say if I if I was given the choice if I was given the choice I would absolutely go MCU because of the paycheck and <laughs> <laughs> you know let's be real right and right, right. because within the cinematic universe that is the stronghold right and within the franchises that I would love to if I had the choice because you know if they came to me and were like hey bunny can you please yes we are not worthy bunny the MCU needs you <laughs> I would <laughs> I would go to the blade universe I can see that one fucking hundred percent it would definitely that. be blade and I can see that. my second choice this is, and I told you guys at the Duvall experience, I told you guys here first, okay, I have a thing, I have a penchant for redhead protagonists with a very deep, you know, deep dive into their personality. I would absolutely be thrilled to go into the realm of Spawn and be mm. able to, because um, they acquired a character from Spawn in the you know marvel universe um within the multiverse okay and her name if you guys haven't guessed it in the Duval experience audience a redhead that went from spawn to marvel her name is angela and i would absolutely love to play angela in the MCU, if ever the multiverse would allow for her to grace the MCU with her presence, I would fucking love 
to be able to to deal with demons, fighting demons and obliterating the um the the ethereal threats and and being courageous enough to go from, you know, universe to universe, earth to earth and and save the multiverse alongside, you know, Thor, mm-hmm. Lady Thor, mm-hmm. alongside you know the um the Valkyrie and and everything in between, and just be able to work with so many of our multiverse favorites, you know. And so I definitely would love to see someone like Angela, um, that has been able to cross over from a completely different mm-hmm. comic verse mm-hmm. and then come into the multiverse. But my first choice would definitely be within the the scope of blade i would i would love that i am for whatever reason when you said that my first thought was i'm like my god she would be one fucking crazy vampire like yeah like you know one 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 powerhouse not like a i would on the same like a natasha like a black widow but like fierce just more fierce and (laughs) kick-ass badass vampire like either Hunter or either or being the you know Mahershala Ali's uh, uh, antagonist, you know that's who he's going after, the like the Queen Hive or whatever. That I can see that because you have you, you know there's a mysteriousness about you that and there's an allure. And I was like even thinking like, hmm, if she went to D.C., would she be a dope ass Afro Latina Poison Ivy? Right. Or Zatanna, if she wants to stay magic. Because these are all credible, <laughs> credible, you know, characters that are a strong, fierce, powerful women in their own, mm-hmm. you know, respective right um, yeah. for, for, for that property. I would have never went with Blade, never went in my mind until you said it. I'm like, you know what? I think that that would be that would be her lane. Yo, you gotta get your you gotta get your agent on that, yo. I know, and, Buckwald. And, get get on your job, Alex. You know, and the cool po- Buckwald. Shout out to Alex and Buckwald talent. Word. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that I know that they're not shooting anything as of yet, so it's still like up in the air, like where they're going with it story wise. And you know, you mentioned um, within the scope of you know, DC, and then within the scope of just Lucasfilms and, and the Star Wars I franchise. I have got to the Star Wars shit with you, yo. Yeah. You already know, like. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if it's a if it's a pilot that I would want to see you in, or if it's like, you know, if you're a Sith, like I'm feeling fucking Sith vibes with you and shit. It would, like, be, it would be very Sithy. I, I, I knew it, I knew it. You know, the character, nah. Nah, because she would have to shave her head. You would have to shave your head for that character. And I'm like, nah. I don't mind shaving my head. There's worse things we could do. Shit, then. There's far worse things we could do than (laughs) shave our heads. Okay, honey, get into it. I I would 100... I can see if all these wonderful individuals that are making it happen, why not share the love? I I would tune in. I would pay good, you know, keep my Disney Plus subscription going if you were in <laughs> any star wars proper that's coming through so yeah shout out to your your management your your agent get on the bo- get on the <laughs> ball yo star wars is kicking ass and it's you know it's taking names and you know they, they they're not even they're going blindly shooting so go 
uh, get get her on that on that Star Wars gravy train, <laughs> or or Mar or anything you know on that side. No, not no disrespect to DC, but you know we 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 kind of know what's up with them. But uh, within the scope of DC, I could totally see them. And this is this is like completely like out of the gate. I'm a big fan of DC, and we've talked about this in such a Marvel over right. at Clubhouse. Right. Um, I grew up being more of a DC you know, literature, the comic book itself, um, and the, 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 the sketch and the illustrations themselves being my introduction to my favorite types of not just protagonists and, and, and superheroes, but just the type of villains that I'm attracted to. Hence the, 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 the drops for Penguin here and there. I was a big fan <laughs> of Killer Frost and, and I you can know, see you to, as Killer Frost. I right? can see that. And, yeah, I can see I was that. A huge fan and I love the scope of what the, the DC villainess is um, and protagonists as well, because Bumblebee was amazing. Right. Um, Bixen, amazing. Amazing. So we have all of these wonderful, you know, brown and black girls. But what I love so much, and I mentioned this before, is the way that DC used to pay attention to their audience, even back in the day before we had Reddit, before we had fucking Instagram, before we had mm -hmm. Twitter. Right. You know, there were characters that because they did so well within the scope of fanfare, they would be introduced as actual villains, as actual protagonists. Um, two of which came from Batman, the animated series, which is the greatest cartoon of all time. Greatest motherfucking cartoon animated series of all time! <laughs> of all time! And so I am a big fan of, you know, Officer Montoya, which you know, uh, was introduced to us uh, in Batman, the animated series. And, you know, we got her finally in the Birds of Prey film, right, but it was, right. it was like, I'm happy it's Rosie Perez, but I'm upset they wasted Rosie Perez numbers on something that was, you know, low level, low calorie, low vibration. And it is what it is. People got to get their paycheck. Yeah. So I, I applaud a woman getting her, her chance to yeah. do it. But you can see how they sabotage it. Like, we'll get a woman to do it, but we'll make it a shitty movie. Right? So, I, so um, I would love to be able to play Montoya as the question. Ooh. Montoya Ooh. as the question is my go-to. Although we were introduced to her as you know the backbone for gotham pd when commissioner was not able to move the way he'd like to montoya had the brass balls to be able to move however the fuck she felt like it because she's been a rebel all her life right you know, dealing with coming from a religious mom like myself and not being able to be as free with her sexuality and independence as she you know, as she cho chose to be similar to, to me and, you know, being a sex symbol, it, it's not as easy as a lot of people think. It's like, oh, you know, oh, but that's great. <laughs> You're sexy. People love you. But yeah, but sometimes you have to learn how it's, with great power comes great, you know, <laughs> res responsibility. And so I, I really appreciate that Officer Montoya went from being a character in the animated universe of DC, which is the best fucking animated universe of all times, fight me. 
Um, <laughs> there is no, there is no rap with that. There is no like, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, dog. You got that. You got that. And I just feel like the fact that we were introduced to her in Batman the Animated Series, coming home from school after school vibes, and then you know her becoming a part of the comic book, similarly to Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was introduced to us yeah. in the animated series, yeah, 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 and yeah. we got her for life, yeah, yeah, forever, yeah. right? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I don't know if if it goes to the traditional look of the question where you don't see the face. I don't right. think the studios would. I personally, I would want to see your face. So, uh, you know what I mean? I would. I would want to see your the most of it, <laughs> the most empowering of an artist or a performer is what one sees in one's eyes and uh, to not be able to see your eyes or not be able to see your expressions or your quirkiness or your, you know, fight me, bitch, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I can't have an expression expressionless or no face character. Um, Unless you're absolutely need to put a something on your face, then that's a whole different story. And then, you know, but then isn't that, doesn't that, isn't that a testament to one's talent and one's range? It would be, but you know, I think there's a hell of a lot more characters that are out there that I think you would kill the game in. <laughs> Killer Frost is one, Thank you know, the, yes. as far Killer as Frost Killer, life. Killer Frost and, you know, seeing if you're already doing the Sith vibes thing, then I want you to stay in that, you know, in that elm, in that in that element, you know. So Killer Frost, I can see that. Oh, the first, what? A, a, an Afro-Latina freaking character playing some, that's race, that's, that is the whole, completely changing the game for that character. Yes. And be, and, and such and an important that? character oh. within this fucking, I can't wait till she's introduced to the rest of the world. Because a lot of people with me, I don't know if the Duvall Experience fans and audience are up to it. But Killer Frost is just one of the most dynamic, gorgeous, evil bitches. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. She ain't scared of nothing. Yeah, they don't call her they don't they don't call her Killer Frost for nothing. But um, You know what it is? She ain't scared of Batman. She ain't scared nobody, of no man. Nobody. Nothing. Which they is, ain't a damn nothing. Nobody. I, I think we found your DC character if the if you had to go that route. <laughs> Uh, Thank you. I, although I would, I would much rather see you in Blade. But um, if I had to pick right. the choose the, of the two, the paycheck would be better, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We'll talk offline because there's some drop, there's some gems I want to drop with that. But before that, let me just ask you. You know, artists sometimes, you know, they don't realize that what it takes to be in this business is just not to be successful, but they want, or they should want to know how to be relevant. Mm. So. If you could, since you're in the game and been in the game for quite a while, mm -hmm. can you give my listeners any gems to help them out on their journey? And I know everyone's path is different. So, you know, even though it's a gem, it could be a gem for someone that needs it. You know, mm -hmm. depending on whatever pathways, it's still going to the path towards success. So yeah. anything, anything, you know, the, the floor is yours. Well, Duvall Experience listeners, I want the audience, I want you guys to really come on in, come closer to your speakers, put your <laughs> AirPods a little closer, okay? Oh, so listen, Duvall Experience audience, I am a big, 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 heavy fan of paying it forward and giving 
what I wasn't afforded to others. And one of the things that I was not afforded was sound advice. They would always say, oh, the industry, ain't for, it ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. You're always hearing that. Mm. Um, and they tell you, you got to be strong. You got to be strong. But you're never told what the it is in the it ain't for everybody. And you're not told the type of strong, right? The type of strength that you got to be. So I'll break the it down and I'll break the strong down. And hopefully it'll be enough of a gem for the listeners out there. I'm listening. Within so the, it's going to be, it's just yeah. going to move my spirit. So yes. So the it that ain't for everybody is you are going to watch people who have less talent than you raise above your station for a time maybe a short time or a long time. And you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that whatever their path is, is not yours. And the sooner you're able to stomach that and realize that that's part of the plan and it has absolutely nothing to do with your worth or where you will be, the sooner you realize that that is nothing for you to take personal, nothing for you to even get hung up on, the better. Because that's just a part of it, you know? Now, the strong, so that was the, mm. that was the it, wow. right? The it ain't for everybody, that's the it. Wow. It is just a part of what is the industry. Now, the strength that is required. Yeah, you got to be strong. Listen, you have to sit and really come to terms with the fact that what you create is what you create. You have to monetize what you create. So you have to let go, relinquish feelings for whatever you created. And the, the business side has a tendency and always will kill the morale of the creative side. It will always happen. It is meant to happen so that you can be able to exercise your will and exercise your tenacity because you have to have your heart broken in this industry in order for you to recognize mm. that this is an industry of creativity and business. You create the art and then you have to take your creative hat off so that you are able to put on your monetar monetization hat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your business hat. And, um, I'll give an example. This is the strength, right? So I created a track called Game You. Great. Then I created a track called New York Drip. They were not, they were not able to put out the New York Drip track during the, the panorama. And they were constantly on a hold on, hold on, we're holding on. We're, we, you know, we can't have a tour. We can't have events. We can't have festivals, all of these things. So we're not going to put out the track. Mm. My creative, which is your inner child, Duval Experience audience, your creative, which is your inner child, right, is pouting and upset. Like, I made this beautiful track. It's not going to, pe people are going to think that I'm not talented. People are going to think that they're going to forget about me. People aren't going to think about me. So that's your creative side wants the world to listen to your shit because your shit is awesome, right? And it's got purpose and it's a purposeful piece of art. But then the business aspect has to tell your inner child, you got to wait. Mm -hmm. That's where the strength comes in. You have to be strong enough to wait with purpose and wait with patience 
and have your inner child, your creative side, take a back seat sometimes to your highest self, which is the mentality that's not affected by, I can't put out a video. I can't perform anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. People are, you know, people are dying, but I want the world to listen. Maybe it'll help them feel better during a panorama. It's not about you, bitch. Mm. You created it. Trust that it will be listened to when it needs to. And then the business aspect has to sit here and say, well, how does this make sense? How do we make money out of this even during a panini panorama, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Your business side has to say, okay, what other artists are doing similar things so that I can swallow my pride and continue to work without putting out my creative so that when my creative aspects are shown to the world, I've already been in the vein and in the rooms and in the story Mm. along with other artists doing similar types of, of, of projects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that is where the strength comes in having the resolve to wait when you need to, And while waiting, not giving up, not giving into the temptations of alcoholism, not giving into the temptations of popping pills Mm. and and all of the things, not giving into the temptations of giving up. Right. Right. Mm. And Mm. getting the real job, being the real mom and giving up on the little dream. Right. Mm. It's never going to happen. That is where the strength is. The part where it does not make sense to anybody else around you, but you still have to believe. And tell your child, your inner child, to sit the fuck down and shut up while you start making money off of whatever you can make money off of. Mm. Or let's just say the panini happens, you can't make no money, so you have to make stronger alliances. You have to develop stronger diplomatic relationships within the scope of the industry. Mm. Mm. And so those are my gems. I hope it worked. <laughs> Thank you so I, much for having me on the show. I, this was so much fun. I guys. love you. I love you. Before you I go, love you so much. Be- before you go, I have one more segment that all of my guests must, uh, well, it's not a must, but it's, it's, it, 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 it would be, it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't give sure. this opportunity. Um, so this part of the segment is called The Questions. And this is famously asked by the late James Lipton from the Actors Studio. Um, it yes. is something that I think that from my, from my previous guest, they said, brother, you're carrying the torch. So it's a passing of the torch. And it's oh, something okay. I just wanted to do to, to just ask people that I that I talk to. So if sure. you will indulge me, Bunny, what is your favorite? What is your favorite word? <laughs> Damn. What is my favorite word? Mm, there's so many. I talk too much to pick a favorite one. <laughs> my favorite word is thank you. What is your That's word? my favorite word. Thank you. And what is That's your, my favorite word. That is your favorite word. And what is your least favorite word? My least favorite word? My least favorite word is no. As it is with everybody that I talk to. 
Wonderful. I mean, and, and another little gem before we go. No's are set in place so that you could learn to appreciate the yeses. And absolutely. Um, what excites you or turns you on? What excites me is different from what turns me on. So what excites me is being able to pave a way and, and, and where the bruises and where the scratches and where the scars with my head held high. That is what excites me. That is what wakes me up in the morning, even if I only got two hours of sleep last night. Um, that is what keeps me going, making sure that whatever nobody else has the balls to fucking do, I can be able to get it done and make sure that I'm not the only one who did it. That excites me. Now, what turns me on is me. <laughs> I am what turns me on. <laughs> I so understand that concept of two hours of sleep because that is exactly what I'm working on my darn self. But um, Love it. I, I, I totally dig it. What turns you off? What turns me off is racism and sexism mm. and and judgment and the, the oppressor. White supremacy turns me the fuck off. What sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? Birds. Birds. And what sound or noise do you absolutely hate? Ugh. I hate the sound of a car that needs a tune-up. <laughs> absolutely hate it. It just... I, I, my dad's a mechanical engineer, so I... I hate the sound of a vehicle that requires tuning up. That's funny. Um, that's unexpected too. Uh, <laughs> other than what you're doing right now, what would be another profession that you would attempt to do? Hmm. Other than my career, I probably, if I could have, mm -hmm. if you could have, I would have, I would have liked to be uh, an attorney, but with the world as it is, Attorneys um, have to lie too much. And that's just something that I could not do unless I was acting. Mm -hmm. I can't lie. I won't. I choose not to. I can. I just choose not to. And what would you absolutely not want to do in a profession? I never want to be in food and beverage and hospitality management again. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with another shortage of staff again. I don't want to deal with approving paid time off. I don't want to, nothing to do with <laughs> restaurants, hotels, and resorts or uh, cruise ships ever the fuck again. <laughs> That's great. Lastly, <clears throat> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would love to hear my creator say, wow, you did it. I'm proud of you. I effing love you. I love you love too. You. Thank love you, you for you, having you, me. Love you. <laughs> I want to take this time to thank <laughs> my most honored 
and most wonderful, lovely guest, Thank Bunny, you. for Thank giving you. me her precious time and showing love to the show today. Bunny, I, 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 you know, I cannot, I've said it already enough that I, I cannot thank you. A thousand thank yous. It, it truly, <laughs> means, truly, truly means the world to me, yo. My pleasure. You're welcome. And to the rest of the uh, Duvall Experience audience, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and stay healthy. It's a pandemic. <laughs> and now, a moment of poetry. I'm the queen of new beginnings. Starting over is the story of my life, but I'm rewriting it now because I didn't like the other endings. I was always picking up broken pieces, trying to make myself whole. I needed healing for my soul. I was on a roll, spiraling downward. I was out of control. I attempted to fill all my voids and only made a bigger mess. I tried everything from weed and alcohol to cigarettes and sex. I wanted to be more, but I felt like less. People only seemed to be impressed with the way that I dressed. There was a serious spiritual disconnect. Nobody could tell I was depressed. I was internally bleeding with shallow breathing, my heart barely beating. Nobody noticed that, but often asked what I used on my skin or admired whatever my feet were in. I've always had a thing for a bad shoe with a steep heel. I wasn't trying to hide behind my looks or mask what I feel. What I needed was a moment to be real and a place designed for me to heal. I kept having to pour when I needed to be filled. So I became a master of disguise, contributing daily to my own demise. I like my heels high because I feel closer to the sky and when I don them, I'm reminded to rise. Out of the dirt and dust and mud and muck, I'm reminded to keep stepping so I don't get stuck. No matter where I go, there's someone who adores them and they have no idea how many times I've scraped, scuffed, or torn them. I just not with a polite thank you. Think to myself, you only like my stilettos because you haven't worn them. That was Anita Lorraine. This was a piece from her book, 52 Weeks of Passion and Pain, which can be purchased on her website, www.lulu. Dot com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. On behalf of the Lewis of All Experience, we say thank you to all of you who are listening. And if you are new here, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll never miss out on any of our future episodes with these awesome, amazing, and wonderful guests that are emerging on the scene. Check us out on Instagram at the Lewis of All Experience. Leave a message or share what you think about the show. And who is your wish list guest that we should have on? You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and now iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So until we meet again, be blessed, create, and as always, rock steady. The Lewis Duvall Experience is a production of Soul Magic Studios.